welcome to the next episode in our More Than A Woman podcast. I am Sarah Robb. And I'm Tracy Dean Powell. Today we're joined by Inman Barlow, a professional kickboxer and Muay Thai fighter, former two-time infusion 54kg world champion, six successful title defences. She's former WRSA world champion. She's former Lion Fight Super Bampton Weight champion and former WPMF world bantamweight champion and in 2013 awakening fighter of the year inspirational fighter of the year and fight of the year she won her first junior british and european titles at the age of nine welcome iman hi thanks for having me i've got down here pretty killer can you tell us a little bit about that name yeah, so the pretty killer, uh, also it's like um, shortened to PK, is my fight name. Um, I was given it when I was eight years old um, in Thailand. Uh, a fighter usually goes by their fight name instead of their real name, and it just kind of stuck from there. Oh wow! So, <laughs> so are you happy with that name, or would you have picked a different name? <laughs> like the more you think about it the more like I've not got a clue what I'd be called so I'm happy with the pretty killer Uh, and I was cute when I was young I had a little (laughs) print and for anybody listening she's still cute now so (laughs) (laughs) so going back to your your youth as um you know when you were eight and before that so how old were you when you um started getting interested in kickboxing what's the history of where of where we've got to from there to where you are today so um my mum um is a was a fighter she trained Muay Thai and my dad runs uh, Assassin's Muay Thai in Melton and that's kind of how they met so growing up instead of kind of getting a babysitter I'd be taken to the gym and kind of sat in the corner with my toys um and I think it was just kind of us just started joining in and copying the adults and they started messing around with me with the pads and it just started from there um so I started joining in when I was about two and a half just doing little bits and then uh, at the age of four I started competing and never really looked back oh wow so at wow. four you start is that is that young or is that normal uh, that's pretty young to be fair usually we don't really accept kids until they're five or onwards just because of you know a lesson is kind of a lot find it hard to concentrate and things like that so it is quite young yeah but um, you know as for competing it's all like no head contact with shin guards and, and it's like safety in that way but yeah it's quite young and was this it's your dad's club isn't it Assassins and is that still going in Melton? Yeah, that's still running in Melton. Uh, we have kids' classes and adults' classes, um, and we also have another gym in Leicester as well. Oh wow! And is and and is it popular? Um, I feel like as the years have gone on, the sport is becoming a bit more well known. Like when I was at school, and people, I used to tell people what I do. I'd just say in the end, like it was kickboxing, even though it, it, it is similar, but it's Thai boxing and it's a little bit different, but no one had kind of heard of Thai boxing. But as like social media is more present and combat sports, like especially since like the UFC is, has gotten mm-hmm. big well, like the, the UFC stand up is basically Thai boxing. 
Um, so it's been a lot more commercialized than it than it ever has been before. So yeah, the sport has definitely grown in popularity since I since I started it. So that's one of the questions I've got down is what is the difference between between now I can't pronounce it, so I'm 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 not great at this. The Mao Thai and the and kickboxing. What is the difference? Uh, uh, Muay Thai or Muay Thai. That's basically translate as Thai boxing. Um, so Thai boxing is different to kickboxing because you can, it's called the sport of eight limbs. So the difference is in Thai boxing, you can elbow and you can knee. And in kickboxing, you can't. Right. So it's a lot more physical then. Yeah. And uh, like old school kickboxing as well. But this might mean nothing to you guys, but like kicking used to be above the waist. So you could only kick above the waist. And kickboxers used to have like the long trousers on as well with foot pads. But yeah, in Thai boxing, you've basically just got a pair of gloves on and you can punch, kick, knee, elbow. Goodness me. And anywhere. Uh, yeah, anywhere. Sorry <laughs> <laughs> for that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I have watched um, a couple of your fights on YouTube. And it looks pretty brutal. I am not, you know, you look at it and you're like, oh, you know, you do. Do you feel the pain in the actual fight or is it afterwards? What is it like in those? It is afterwards. Like uh, you have so much adrenaline. Um, It's a bit weird because if you like meet me or like know me, like I'm not a violent person at all. And I always see it as like a, like um you know is a martial art and it's kind of like uh technique and things like that so when I go in there I don't think like I really want to hurt this person like I'm so angry like it's just kind of like an art to me um and even though obviously there is aggression there and, and things like that but it's just kind of like the beauty and the technique for me but yeah it doesn't hurt till afterwards because <laughs> <laughs> that I think that's a lot, when I've take, spoken to other people who've done different forms of martial arts, it is a lot about that discipline. And when I've spoken to families that have often sent their children to to martial arts, you know, whatever form, it is about more about that confidence and that, um, and not the regimented, but that you know that discipline okay. is why they're sending it rather than like for protection you know is that what you you see coming through yeah I definitely think like people do it for different reasons and I think one of the big misconceptions of the sport is that if you do it or train in it that you have to fight whereas at our gym uh probably 80% of people that come through the door just do it for fitness for discipline to lose weight um all sorts of reasons so there's only actually about 20% of us that that fight or that will end up fighting um because it's difficult as well and we're kind of a gym that if you if you do decide to compete that you you have to give everything you can't just still come once a week you know you if you put your name down that's it then you're kind of dedicated to it and and it's hard with day-to-day life and you know work and people have kids it's hard to kind of commit fully to to something like that but for me yeah it's about the discipline it's kind of shaped my life a lot of the 
the people that I come across are like, you know, have you ever had a fight outside the ring? Like, surely? And I was like, no, like, literally, why? Why would I want to have a yeah. fight out? I don't need to. I don't. I don't feel the need, and it's definitely um, boosted my confidence as well. I think, like, as a a kid, I'd be scared to do all sorts of things, but I think Thai boxing has made me kind of be a more confident person. So when you were young, when you started very, very young, as you said, you just, we were there like four years, four years old. At what stage did your, uh, your family think, oh my goodness, you know, this, this child of ours is, is, is really good and is interested in and what happened there? The, did you, um, is it something that naturally you wanted to do was to go on and compete or were you quite happy just to to do your own thing sort of thing the way like the way it all happens when you look back is like it's strange like all of a sudden like 25 years has passed and it feels like a a heartbeat but I think my dad always tells the story that once I was like sat in the corner playing with the toys and then the next minute I was on the running machine and he said I was going like pretty fast and for ages and he said it was at that moment he kind of knew like wow like that that's something special um, and I think the amount of kind of time that I put into training because I was always just at the gym, so I might as well train anyway, kind mm-hmm. of put ahead of the other kids. Um, and when I was young, I used to compete with girls and then also boys at that age. Um, and there'd almost be like no one left for me to fight or sometimes people with a similar age, similar weight um, and experience didn't want to fight me. And just different competitions every week, they were kind of getting less and less people that, either I could fight or that wanted to fight me so from quite a young age I find it quite hard to get competition so then I started to um my dad would bring people from abroad over and then I myself would go abroad to compete just to stay active really so you you spoke about the discipline before about if you sign up for it you've got to commit to it so what does that discipline look like for you training regime well it's hard because um i used to like fight quite regular but now it's difficult like i'm lucky if i get two or three a year so i used to jump from one fight camp to the continually be in a fight camp or have a week off after a fight but in a fight camp um in the mornings i get up at six i go running before work about four miles um and then i'll come home stretch uh, and then i'll go in the gym um and do like three rounds boxing with my dad on the pads three rounds boxing on the bag uh and then kind of an ab workout to finish so that's like an hour and a half in the morning then i'll go to work um half eight till half four and then i'll come back from work have my dinner and then straight in the gym and it's usually around six till nine and that's kind of yeah it's kind of the same every day really apart from like some evenings I don't have to go in till half six and some evenings we finish a bit earlier than nine depending but yeah usually like uh, definitely an hour and a half in the morning and around two to three hours at night that's a massive commitment so that is your life basically (laughs) yeah like at the moment it's like nearly five o'clock so I get home maybe about half four quarter five and then I kind of got an hour to myself to have my dinner and then 
but basically by the time you got ready for training as well it doesn't yeah. leave a has, has this impacted on your social life then in with friends are you missing out on that do you think yeah uh, yeah definitely I don't have time to do anything like one of my friends texts me saying oh we're going bingo um next Thursday do you want to come now at the moment I've not got a fight so really I could go but we are the way I've kind of grown up is like you don't miss a session you know unless it's like really something special like I've had concert tickets for a while or like that like I think it's really important to to be at training all the time because that's where you kind of grow and you get your base layer and you keep fit and you learn and then when a a fight does come along and you like go into camp essentially then you just kind of build on that um but yeah I've missed out on loads of things and I think as a teenager that that was really difficult to stay disciplined and when all my friends were going out and drinking and partying and I kind of wasn't allowed to do that um that was that was difficult and what about your sorry 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 no, you carry on, I, I was just thinking, so you've, on about your friends when you go out drinking, whatever. So you must be very disciplined all the time with what you drink and what you eat and your diet. Um, and do you find it a very restrictive lifestyle? Because obviously you can't do all the things that your friends can do and haven't, you know, with drinking and, and uh, dieting. Yeah, definitely. I think um, when I was younger, I kind of like envied it a little bit. But as I've got older, and I have like gone out drinking when I could or or whatever, like, it's not it's not as good. Like I can still have a I can have fun without a drink. I don't see why. I don't know if that's just like the discipline in me, but don't see why everything has to revolve around drink. Like even if I arrange to go out for a meal, it it would be like well who's driving because like we have to have a drink so I'm as a drinker that doesn't doesn't bother me like I probably drink maybe two or three times a year like that doesn't fuss me at all it's the eating I love food (laughs) (laughs) so So what do you miss the most on the food wise just the I think it's so strange mentally because when you can't have these foods or you're being told, you know, you've got to be strict because you've got to make a certain weight, you're craving all these foods. And then after the fight, you actually have them and they don't taste as nice as you imagined it all for all them six weeks or eight weeks of like having no chocolate. And then you finally get it and it's like, oh, Um, (laughs) such a come down. Yeah, but I love uh, chocolate, crisps, puddings, I just love it all, to be honest. A girl after my own heart there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you spoke before about you have about three fights a year now. How come that's not as many as you used to have? Uh, so it's difficult. So I basically um, signed a contract with someone called One Championships um, and they're pretty mm. big globally. Um, and they kind of stream fights live on YouTube and on the app and on they go on Amazon Prime as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's um, bigger fights, bigger exposure. But with that contract, it means I can actually only fight for them um, unless I ask for permission. I can fight elsewhere, but I think it's it's quite hard. So they I basically signed for them just before COVID, so nearly four years ago, um, and I was supposed to have a big title fight. And then and then COVID hit. So if I'd have won that big title fight, that would have been even bigger exposure for me. Mm-hmm. And 
more everything but it never happened and then with restrictions over covid you know for them two years it was difficult to get over they're basically um based in asia mainly singapore so it was difficult to get over um and now things have opened up a bit but i've had um i've only had two fights for them in in the last four years so it's difficult and it's kind of politics and it's things like that basically um and then you don't realize how good you had it when you look back and all them times i traveled the world with my dad mm. just like here there and everywhere was was amazing so do you find the right them... opportunity at the right at that time but the world's moved on hasn't it so do you think that contract when it comes to an end you'll move on and continue to fight on your own or or and see what other opportunities are out there um that's a difficult like one to answer because i feel like i'm getting a bit older now things in my life have changed and i've been in the sport for 25 years so i think retirement might be on the cards but i just don't know when no i was going to say that was one of the questions i'd got was is there an age limit you know, it's, you know, yeah. is, there, is there a retirement age? I can't believe I'm saying that to a 20-year-old. But, <laughs> yeah, you know. but also, um, there, like, some people just start at my age. So there's, like, not an age limit, but have been doing it for a very long time. And like we said, like, my life has been very restricted and mm. I've had to be very dedicated. But I also, like, I want to have a baby and, and kind of go to a different part of my life. So... I think it's difficult to to do both. You you said um, with COVID everything stopped and but you still had to train and you were disappointed because you couldn't fight and do these titles. How did you cope with that mentally? How did you keep yourself positive um, and and have that st- that mindset that that winning mindset? How did how did you cope with that? Yeah, it was difficult because in one way I trained because I want to fight and the fighting is what I love um I like to kind of go out there and I suppose like show off a little bit and show show my technique and the beauty and how well I can fight but um it's kind of like a bit of a drug like I just every time I fought I'd have my week off and I'd enjoy it but then I almost was like when's my next fight when's my next fight like thinking and I was moving from fight camp to fight camp and I lived my life like that for quite a while and it was quite nice but now I've not got that the more the more kind of time that passes by the more I kind of can accept it that I can still kind of live and and be normal for a while but now it's harder because I've not been in a fight camp since March um so I'm just kind of like twiddling my thumbs but even though I'm still training but over Covid I always kind of thought that I would get a fight and it would be around the corner so I had to kind of keep and there was quite a few times that I was told I'd have a fight would start a camp and it'd be cancelled and that's happened quite a few times since as well so now when I get a fight date I feel like I almost don't believe it until it's happening and it's difficult at the moment yeah that's really tough and it must and was it quite addictive being in those camps at the time did you feel like because you were in the high and then it's quite must yeah very difficult now yeah I think before Covid as well I think I hadn't I'd had maybe one fight that I can remember where 
I went, I did a whole camp for like eight weeks. Um, and then the day before the weigh-in, my fight was cancelled. So I've been very, very lucky on all yeah. my fights I've had. They've nearly almost always gone ahead. Um, and then since kind of COVID, say probably, I don't know, 50, I don't know, 40% have gone ahead in the end. And is that an industry thing now? Is it that you're seeing a lot more fights are getting cancelled for whatever reason? So is that being a shift in in the industry? Um, I think it was like COVID restrictions when they constantly mm. kept changing, borders would be open and then they'd be closed or uh, certain people from certain countries couldn't go in. Like once I flew all the way to Singapore, um, went through quarantine, everything, but my opponent didn't like she'd flew there and and it was so silly but now you look back she'd sat behind someone on the plane who had tested positive for covid so then therefore government regulations over there had sent so i'd literally i'd done a fight camp and been there and weighed in and still didn't get a fight oh how frustrating how yeah. frustrating so on staying on this thing because you've turned professional now, in my head, <laughs> that means that that's all you do. But I know you work. So how do? So what does turning professional mean? That versus because we were just having this chat beforehand. I said, "Oh, I have this image of your football, and that's all you do, and 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 it, you know that it's clearly not like that." That that was the dream, but I think in times to come that will happen, but from like where I am professional means that you have no pads on you fight what's called a class so like we said punches uh elbows kicks knees to the to the face uh with no padding but you do get a little bit of a purse but the reason I'm obviously not doing it full time is because it's not enough to live on yeah and also it is not guaranteed from like my last four years if I was professional mm -hmm. And only did that I'd be in debt <laughs> yeah um and yeah it's, it's difficult to kind of live that life and from my experience living where I live I think we've got less opportunities as other people that live in London or Manchester mm. with uh in terms of sponsorship and right. and things like that uh Maybe I just don't know the right people. I'm not sure. But like I know a lot of people that get sponsorship. And for me, that was always kind of like free clothing or yeah. certain like products, but only like a, a one-off. But I know people that get a, a certain amount of money off a company each month and things like that to keep them going. But wow, yeah, that's just like unfortunately not happened for me. But yeah, so that's why I have to work full time. But <laughs> in the same respect um like I love my job and it kind of gets me away from the gym and yeah. and the aspect of all that so it's kind of it's worked well but mm. there are definitely times in camp where I wish I did not have to go to work <laughs> yeah I imagine yeah the world's collide it, it must be very difficult and I suppose if you're working you when you do retire you're then not suddenly stood there going what am I going to do with my life? You know, yeah, you have yeah. got that career already that you can you Definitely. can go to. 
Yeah, that's what my mum and dad always like kind of wanted me to have as well, something to always fall back on. Because mm-hmm. uh, I've been very lucky, touch wood, with, you know, injury wise, um, that I've never had anything too bad that's ever like put me out for so long. So um, I've always been able to, to work and to fight. And also, my job is very understanding because sometimes. I need to go to Australia for two weeks or Singapore for a week. So yeah, they're they're good in their respect. They support me as well. You should ask them for sponsorship. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> what was yeah, charity? So that probably won't go down well. But <laughs> what that before I had to go and compete? Um, like uh, I think it was like a year or two years ago. I competed in what's like called a the IFMA World Championships, and that's basically back to amateur with all the padding and everything but you have to like pay to compete like and it's a lot of money as well but I did it just because I wasn't getting any fights and COVID happening so I think like three or four fights in one week so for me that was massive but to to being used to you know they usually pay me to fight to then having to pay like two thousand pounds to to you know fly out to Thailand stay in their hotel and all sorts just to compete Mm. Wow, that yeah. that is a lot of money just for a fight. Yeah. So, so on the, do do you find that people on nights out approach you because they know who you are and try to get you to to fight? Um, no, not really. Like people might just say, "Oh, I've seen your fights on YouTube," but everyone's always quite polite, really. And I've never had. I don't really go out often either. I'm quite un, unsociable in a way. Even then, when I can be sociable, sometimes I I just keep myself to myself in the corner. But um, what is the yeah. worst injury that you have occurred during your sport? I'll tell you what it is, and this isn't even in my sport. This this is why sometimes I try not to do things. I went indoor skydiving, and I pulled like my pectoral muscle. Honestly, I was in so much pain, like. I couldn't shut my car door. I couldn't do any training because you forget how much you use like that yeah. kind of. So usually I find myself injured when I am not doing Thai boxing. <laughs> because you're using muscles that you probably don't use when you're training and therefore they're not used to it. But yeah, indoor skydiving is, a, yeah, that would be up there, I would, I would suggest. Yeah. <laughs> So when it comes to, um, obviously, it's a podcast about women. So when it comes to Thai boxing and, and, and the boxing, do you, what is the percentage of women that um, are taking part? Uh, again, since I was young, um, the kind of tables have turned and a lot more women are competing in, in Thai boxing, but even just to keep fit as well. So... Uh, percentage ratio it's hard I'd probably say about 30% compared to like 70% men but uh, there's a lot more women now on like the circuit in the UK and in and in in over the world um there's a lot more women and they always say as well that women are actually more it's like better on the eye to watch because women are less aggressive like men men just kind of try and go for the knockout and swing where the women kind of use their technique and like their kind of brains 
us. Um, so my dad's always said that girls are actually better to watch because um, we kind of take a step back and think about things in training, whereas men just go zero to 100. You hear that a lot, actually, in different sports when it's women, like, say, say like with football or with rugby, you hear that a lot, that it's a lot, people find it more interesting to watch because it is more technical. So that's interesting that you're saying that as well, and that's coming from you. It just seems to be, um, yeah, a definite a thing. And would you recommend it for women and girls, yeah, I, young girls? Yeah, I think it's great. Um, and I think it's really important to kind of emphasise the fact that you don't have to kind of do a martial art and compete. Um, and it's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's a different way to keep fit. Um, you kind of work your whole body it is a whole body workout um, and I wouldn't I don't know where I'd be like now without it but I think it's definitely something that everyone should try and it's good for the mental health as well I would think because you you're releasing that aggression out if you need you know to to release any of that tension that we have it's a good way of doing that isn't it yeah definitely and I think sometimes people like think like oh I don't need to do that or whatever but it is just kind of like a a feel-good factor while you do it like I don't hit the pads and think oh I'm pretending it's someone like I, I just like enjoy it and you kind of see yourself getting stronger like the more you do it the more the more you do progress even at my level and there's certain things you like about it and yeah it's 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 quite empowering actually yes i can see that is the is and, the sorry is the grades the, at all uh, like with karate you can get set belts different belts as you go up a grade is there a grades to to kickboxing I th- yeah i mean i think i did all my grades and adult wise like years and years ago but i think there is grades we do do grades but it's based on kind of like your technique level and things like that I don't think it's as 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 popular and emphasised as like you say, like the belts in in judo or BJJ. And is there a lot of camaraderie between the female competitors, or is it that you just don't speak to each other? And you know, you know, because <laughs> you do see it, don't you? Like out of some sports, yeah. or even you know, they're quite friendly outside of what the, the arena or whatever it is. But then when they're on the pitch or wherever it is, it is, it's they've got a job to do. Yeah, I think from <laughs> when I used to compete, well, when I used to do it or meet people, usually you'd never met them before. So I've like fought a lot of people from abroad. So you'd, mm. you'd met them before. You'd kind of be polite and say hello and shake their hands. And then you kind of have a stare off away in Um and I'd kind of laugh because it was like, not embarrassing, but like, it's just funny. And you're like staring at someone. <laughs> Sometimes they'd like try and stare you out, like to get in your head. And I don't know, I was just like completely blank and like laughing, but I wasn't laughing at them. I just found it like a bit awkward and funny. Um, and then from that, yeah, in the fight, it's just kind of game time. It, you're always polite if you've ever seen them. But, and then after, um, I'd always add them on Facebook or follow them and, mm. and always give them a message and, and be polite. And everyone was always kind back. But the only time I've not kept in touch with people was when they they beat me, but they've not kept in touch with me <laughs> either. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 
So do you I, think I was going to say that's not very often though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a few people I can think of, but yeah, and I think the people that I'd be, I don't know why they're so nice to me. I'd be fuming. <laughs> <laughs> and and do you find that this discipline? has changed you as a person so when you go out and if someone um is it can be sort of irritating or whatever you, the discipline that you have had through doing this sport has actually helped you mentally the woman that you are cope yeah. with certain things i think in certain situations definitely but in other situations I don't know if it, it, it helps me, but I'm not sure. No, I wouldn't say not in the right way, but you know, if someone Q jumps, like I'll have the confidence to say like, excuse me, no. <laughs> Whereas, you know, like before I'd just kind of like keep myself to myself and just let, let them do it. But yeah, I think so. And it, I've definitely gained more confidence from it. Obviously it's difficult to to compare as well because I've been doing it since I, I was young, but I think, I'm definitely a more confident person than I was when when I was younger. So do you think that women then who are thinking of of uh, something to to help them not just physically but actually mentally if if there's anyone that is uh, lacking confidence in themselves or lacking self-worth do you think that this form of fitness training can help not only just by being more fit but mentally yeah. as well? Yeah, definitely. And it's using that word again, it's definitely empowering. Mm. Uh, and I don't know what it is about it, but also you kind of meet um, different people in the gym. Like I've got a lot of people in the gym that I would probably not necessarily talk to or be friends with outside of the gym, but it kind of brings different people together and we're all kind of one community, which is is really nice. Um, and I know my mum runs like a ladies class as well and it slowly kind of have grown more in popularity because it, it isn't just about um, hitting things or a lot of people, what I hear a lot of as well is like, oh, I'll get fit first and then I'll come along. Mm. Yeah. Like they're they're putting themselves off, but they're also like, they're scared that they're going to fall behind, but this is the thing about my my mum's class as well they're all in, they're all included and they I think some of them just come for a gossip as well but um they get bits done and yeah it's quite nice to see kind of the vibe and the, and the group grow but I I totally agree with you um so I run some dance fitness classes in Melton and I get that a lot that you go oh I can't do like so we have different I can't do that class because I'm not fit enough when I go well, you are because you're you're moving, so you know because we we're all different levels, and it and I think but it is a massive barrier, isn't it, that people how they envisage, whether it be like going to the gym, you know, doing the boxing, doing the dance. I think people have this massive image about how people are going to be there, and actually, if they just walk through the door. And I think that's a big thing. If we can get people through the doors to be moving more, then they would thoroughly enjoy it. Because yeah. there are all these different things to do. It's just trying I, them out. Yeah, I think what's important as well is they're probably a bit scared of what other people might think of them. But actually, everyone else is just getting on with their own kind of thing. That They don't notice if you're not as fit or if you're mm -hmm. falling behind because you're there. 
but... totally totally you know get that everybody will look at me no they won't because they're just they're either more worried about themselves or they're watching the instructor they're not they're not looking at you and what you're yeah. doing yeah and also it's definitely that thing of walking through the door like I've had so many times where I come home it's probably a good thing that I'm always busy but I come home and if I sit on my bed for five minutes I'm like oh I shouldn't have done that so you're the hardest bit is getting there and then once you're there you're fine because you're there then and I, I always say like you know sometimes if I don't do a class like it'll be nine o'clock and I'll be sat in my room I'm like that that time has flown by like I should have just been yeah, what a waste of that time when I could have been. Yeah. Yeah. And regret it. So you should just spend less time regretting and just go because you know it. you better after. I like that top tip. <laughs> so do you see yourself as an ambassador? Uh, probably not. No, just... <laughs> will you do some training when, will you, you know, when you go, uh, when you retire? Will you then still, as well as keeping fit yourself, but will you start training others? Yeah, definitely. I'm quite heavily involved in the gym at the moment. So, like, that's another big thing. Like, even though I'm training in the gym and I've not got a fight, I'm helping other people train mm. for their fights and being their kind of training partner and being part of their camp. So I help everyone out in the gym when I can. Um, obviously, I'm, I don't teach uh, classes at the moment because... I don't have time um, because when a fight camp falls on you, that's it. Then everything yeah. go. But yeah, I'm he heavily involved in the gym and will continue to be after. Yeah, I am conscious of the time that you need to be getting <laughs> to the gym soon. But we have two questions that we ask everybody, so be yeah. prepared for these. So um, one, is, so you can either answer which way you want to on this one. Is what's your favourite song? Or if you have a song that you come out to at a fight or you would listen to as you're preparing to go into a fight? Yeah, I've always had the same kind of fight song since I was young and it was We Will Rock You, but it's by Five. <laughs> the Five not, version, yeah, not the Queen. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no words on that one. <laughs> I preferred their version, but... Yeah, I think as I've grown up, I've realised it's not as cool, but... But I think that's your age. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's um, brilliant. And then finally, what are your three tips for women? Oh, wow. Um, three tips for women. Probably tip one is just like the stuff we spoke about. So if you're kind of scared you shouldn't be scared to get involved so you should just go and do it no matter what sport that's in and like we spoke about no one's really watching you so you need to kind of empower yourself and and be confident and um because you'll just enjoy it um two is kind of i think it's important to have a routine as well so you know if you're just training once a week or whatever sport that may be and try and keep to your once a week because it's easy to to miss one session and then the next week you're poorly and then the next week and then before you know it you've missed a month mm -hmm. but what am I on now three that was two so what's your oh. third um top tip for women um be confident I think it's important even 
I don't know. I think like women see themselves as kind of different to men a lot, but we're just the same. We have like, you know, I think especially in kind of my sport, it's more of a, a male dominant sport, but I'm just as good and, and I'm a female. So if you are prepared to do the work, I think you can be anything you want to be. Yeah. No, oh, that's really good. That's fantastic. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thank you. You've been amazing. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you. I've enjoyed speaking to you both. If you would like to get in contact with us, please email more than a woman podcast UK at gmail.com.